Well, it's time for In The Chains, the UK-based podcast for amateur disc golfers. Get ready for course reviews, disc reviews, and the latest news and updates from the disc golf world. Your hosts will also talk about their own progression and have a lot of fun along the way. And now, here they are, two Brits and one Yank. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of In The Chains. And on the tee box tonight with me, as always, we have Mr. Joshua Birmingham. How are we going? I fucked it up. <laughs> Hold on, start again. Start again. What, what part? <laughs> on the tee box tonight with me, as always, we have Mr. Joshua Birmingham. Uh, how's it going? I am good, man. Everything's good. What were you doing? How you what doing? Were you doing so, before this, because this that's is the second time we've done this. <laughs> I was, uh, I was trying to be a giant asshole and uh, play a song about my victory this weekend, but it didn't work out. I didn't have the volume uh, turned got up. Got yeah, got yeah. So that backfired. Yeah, that's usually what happens when I try to do something funny or cool. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's your lesson. <laughs> The uh, and the other clown, I say the other clown, the clown at the bottom of the screen. We have Mr. Thomas Bowen. How you doing? I don't know what I've got that moniker because if people knew the truth, they'd know that like I'm far more sensible and I have like oh, what's the word? Far more more common sense than you do. I think uh, yeah, I think you hide your intelligence, you know. Just to he, uh, make... he does hide it very well, though. Yeah, <laughs> he does hide it really well. I'd rather well. be un- underestimated than frankly yeah, overestimated, right. like you are, Duffy. Because he... that's my style. Right. That's my style. Duffy thinks he's really intelligent. And he he was on. He was. <laughs> I've never I've never said that. <laughs> you said to me a few a few months ago. Shall we apply for Mensa together? No, I said I wouldn't mind doing a Mensa test. <laughs> no, no, my, that's what I my said. Mom, my mom took put a, a word into my mouth. Oh, yeah. She, she wanted me to take one as well. And I told her, I don't care about that. I'm smart and I know it. I don't need anyone to tell me that. Mom. It's like the Donning Kruger effect. The what? <laughs> the Donning Kruger effect. What's this? What's this? The more, the, the more you think you know, the less you actually do know. So Josh, Josh coming out and saying I don't need to because I I know I'm smart. That's probably, right. Probably the sheer opposite. Whereas me, for instance, I know very little, and you know what that oh, means. Oh fuck, right. <laughs> a glass a glass right. full cannot be filled with more water, right? So like the amount the amount of stupid questions truth. I get off of Duffy on a daily basis about the shop, other stuff. And it's just like a shake me head sometimes at what he asks. But then I was taught there's never a stupid question unless you know the answer. Um, only stupid answers. Yeah, exactly. There you, there you go. go. Yeah. Hey. But there we go. See, we're smart. I can't get over well, your ski goggles yeah. tonight, though. <laughs> yeah. And you I like the ski And goggles. Josh looks like John Lennon. He's Thank got his you. John Lennon glasses on. Exactly. Um so uh, we've got a good show coming up tonight. Um, we've got Simon Luard and Zaki coming on to talk about uh, the disc golf development that's going to be taking place through the next month or so. Um, we 
I'm going to start, as always, though, with what we've been up to. So, Bowen, what have you been up to? Uh, me and you met up with the number one American, number two American in our life. I don't know. Depends how we're feeling. E- both, I would say both equals number two, I would say. Okay. Mm. I don't think either of them would justify a number one spot. Okay. Two number ones equal a number two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good good maths, sensible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we met up at Quarry Park, didn't we, on Saturday? Yeah, with the OG, Dennis. And I, t- um, I took him pretty close that first round, didn't I? I think he was... No way. His bomb The first was round, I think he might have been panicking a little bit. Yeah. He's never been beat by you, has he? No, but I haven't really tried, to be honest. Bollocks. And you'll get a nibble. You make you make kid people who are listening who've never seen you play, but <laughs> I actually played quite well, didn't I? You yeah, you did. You did. Um I think through was it nine or ten holes, you were you were four over off on the blue tees. Yeah. Um which was time with Dennis, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I think I did. I did look at Dennis, and De- I see a bit of fear in Dennis's face for the first time ever. I would say, yeah, um, that there could be there could be a bit of an upset. Uh, it never happened, but um, you did play pretty well, though. I thought the but, first round. But the thing is, I didn't feel like I was playing particularly well. I just felt like it was normal, and this is why I was annoyed with my tournament finish the week before. Because yeah. I felt like I played badly. But then I suppose well, the wind was an issue. I'd never played Litchfield, so there's all sorts of It was going really on. windy. It's a course that you haven't played before versus a course that you're pretty familiar with. Also, I find when you're playing good and or winning, it doesn't really feel like a lot's happening. Things are just going right, so there's no stress. There's no like events. You're wait, just wait, like, wait. Did, you're just doing it. Sorry to interrupt. You talk about winning. Did you win something this week, Josh? Well, I'm not talking about myself right now, Bowen. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I did. I really did. I'm one for one on the season. I'm 100 percent right now. So you may as well, as long as I don't, as long as I don't play again, we'll be all I was good. Just about to say, you may as well retire. King of the one day. If I have to sleep on the lead, you can just count it out. There we go. There we go. I didn't under anyway. I didn't understand what you meant then, but I just went there. You go, just agreeing. Well, I was planning on getting to that at some point. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd love to talk about that more. So, so like, like Bowen says, <laughs> thanks for spoiling my. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, but anyway, what yeah, happened? Yeah, yeah. So, so wait, how? What was the score so, between you and Dennis? I don't. Well, I can't. I, won, I can't remember. Uh, Den- Dennis, Dennis did claw it back and and beat Bowen reasonably comfortably. I think. Um, but it was just a point of four four over through nine or ten holes is is pretty pretty decent for Bowen, and it and it wasn't by luck either. So like I said, like I've said before, I know like he said the tournament that we played recently didn't necessarily reflect this, but I do think there's improvements being made, and I think you are definitely getting better. Just like the little forehand, it's just you're not trying to hammer it out the atmosphere. And like you focusing more on getting the correct form as opposed to um, trying to throw it as part far as humanly possible. So on and I think on hole three at Quarry Park on the blues and the blacks, but the long one down the fence. I, par- yes. I parked it with a 
Sexton Firebird forehand. Jeez. In my second round. And then, well, I say I parked it. I got it circle, inside circle one. That's great. And then uh, in the either the first or the second round, uh, what hole is it up the hill? Duff. You know, the one that you do, that we're arguing about? Tw- uh, 12 in it. Yeah, 12. 12. Rock or roll? Yeah. No, no, 12. The one that's got the the really elevated basket. Oh, yeah. That's, back end of the woods. Yeah. Uh, Cedar View? I don't know. How I don't do, know what the whole name is called. How do you know called. the names? I, we literally lived there for a year, and I still don't know the numbers of them or the names. I think it's Cedar View. So yeah, twelve, 12 anyway. The one with the really elevated basket. Uh, yeah, me and Duffy were having the age old, age old argument of turnover shot or forehand, and he threw a lovely turnover shot, and I threw a lovely forehand that was probably just outside circle one as well. Yeah, and we both birded it, didn't yeah. we? So, really? so um, yeah. So I don't think there's a right or wrong answer for that one. But um, you, you both birdied it. Yeah, yeah. No shit. Yeah, it's pretty good going. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Is he on about the, the same first, hole the f- as us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, the one after you um, you played the one along the river yeah. for really long. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, both, don't both sound, that don't one. sound so fucking surprised, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like for two people to do it on a car, yeah. no matter who you are, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Dennis, um, Dennis, but oh no, wait, Dennis got a bogey. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Not because it's Dennis, uh, just because someone's going to get a roll away. Yeah. We, um, I, th- I think I had like about five or six birdies on the first round. It was like, I, I, like at the first sort of you were six or seven holes, you were I had about three or four birdies. Yeah. I, was, I was doing pretty well. And played the blues for ages as well, so um, it was quite nice to I like, normally I play like, blacks now. And there's not a massive amount of difference, but... I like the blues more than the blacks. Maybe it's because I'm not quite as good, but it just feels more... Real. There's not as much pressure on me. Yeah, maybe. Um, well, so that's the uh, the minor event. Talk to us about the the uh, the first win of the tournament of the of the season. first tournament first win of the season. Yeah, it was. First of all, like you guys probably experienced, the weather was really good. Sublime. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like it's been the world's longest winter this past year, with all the rain and everything. So it was just nice to be outside. There was ninety people, a lot of friends I hadn't seen in a while. You know. To start out the year with, um, and yeah, it was really good. No expectations going in; just wanted to have fun and, uh, you know, just just play some golf. And ended up winning, or well, not winning, but being in the lead after the first round by a stroke to Jamie Matthews, fellow teammate. And um, so, lead card was me, Connor McHale, Jamie Matthews. Pepe Espinosa and Sam Persaud. Oh, because it, so it, it was like, five a card, wasn't it? Yeah, ninety players. Um, but yeah, it was a really fun card. Ollie was there filming it. Um, we just kept, you know, giving each other shit and just laughing the whole time. So no one was too serious. Yeah, that's nice. What was the yeah, sound? So what was the sound? Honestly, what was the sound system I, like, Josh? I was booming. The booming. Maui two seven fifty S sound yeah. system. We had, some, we had there was like a kids party going on as well, so there was like a bunch of music playing like during the round at one point, which was kind of fun. How do you feel about music? Um, 
I'm I'm usually okay with it. Um, and I was gonna say like with us joking around and stuff, and it just it felt more like a casual round. So yeah, that's kind that's- of like if I would have told them that would made me comfortable, they might have stopped. But that's how I play best is just casually and like having fun. So I think that definitely played a part. Um, just having some some fun people to play with. Um, but I held the lead the entire second round until the very last hole in like true form almost bottled it. So last hole in 18, my drive goes way left into the woods. So I, I scramble for par and Pepe birdied it. He was playing great. He shot a 14 under second round to um, tie me up. And then we had a three hole playoff where we each birdied the first two holes. And then he got just a little bit turned over on the drive on 18, the big downhill one hit a tree early right and um i noticed the wind stopped so i picked up a, a flippy driver and just hyzer flipped it down the hill to like edge a circle and just basically laid up to tap in a birdie and nice. he just was was was, got the par. was was the because you were saying before we come on air, on air that there was a lot less ob than there was at the wembley open last year um was was that green ob no it wasn't ob so that used to be a ball golf green yeah, and I think it's just foot golf. I might be wrong, actually. So I don't it, know. Either way, it, it wasn't. It made it into like a bomber course instead of having to worry about where you're to go. Yeah, there was literally no OB lines anywhere, and so there was a hazard left of hole seven. If you got into the other fairway, um, that was pretty much it for like hazards or OBs. I mean, obviously, golf greens that were like trimmed and manicured were hazards, but there was no OB, just hazard. Did you enjoy so that like, more than you would have if it was just random OBs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I kind of liked the OB last year. I mean, I complained a bit about it. It was a little too much, but I wouldn't have gone 100% the other way like he did, probably, because a couple of the holes could have used it just to make it more interesting. But it did say, give, there's a few in that sort of, Five to five eight to or nine. nine, yeah. Like those, those could have done from memory. Those could have done with sort of having the OB just to make a, I've heard a bit that, of a challenge. That five yeah. is just too too easy, isn't it? Well, it's funny because Ollie, I think he was trying to like get us. He was like filming the round. And he's like, before we even drove on the hall, he goes, "Who thinks this is the easiest hole in the course?" And I looked at him and I was like, I'm not saying anything till after I throw the frisbee first of all. I know how this goes. And so, anyway, luckily I parked it. But, um, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good tournament, though. Congratulations. Um, had, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, it felt good. I'm, I'm going to be off the next six weeks or so. Did, hope, hoping the uh, did, little one comes Did soon. you feel like the MPO field was pretty much full strength? Or were you missing some key players? There was definitely not full representation. I mean, there was some good players. You know, Connor's almost 1,000 rated now. Pepe, Pepe's rating is behind where he's at right now. He's playing really good. I think he put in a lot of work recently. Um, well, Con- Con- Connor doesn't seem to have played many tournaments. He still played quite a few at the start of last season and then didn't really play Well, he was the, he was the winner from last year at the Wembley Open. Yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but, you know, he'd been doing Ultimate for most of the year and then kind of getting back into it now. So, um, 
I think he played really good. He got unlucky on a couple of holes. Like on 17, where that massive oak trees right next to the basket. Yeah. Like he was within like 20, 25 feet of it and just had nothing um, to actually make the playoff, essentially. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Um, so he was right there. Um, so, you know, he's always going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I, I'm, I worry about how good he's going to get. But, you know. And why didn't Ollie jump into the tournament on his own course just well i kind of res- i kind of respect him being the tournament director and not playing yeah. so that he could just take care of whatever he needs to in the moment um i i've run one event and as a tournament director a league and it was like the first time i'd ever done it i tried to play and i ended up playing terribly because i was so stressed out trying to like you know configure everything in my head during the round and make sure everything was good would you beat so a bit of, Would you beat Ollie on his home course if he was playing in the tournament? Oh man, oh man. Well, he's rated higher than me right now. I can say that. But, so who knows? Wasn't that because he was tournament director and made up his own ratings? <laughs> you can't make your own ratings. I oh, know. Like, I know. Oh, no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If I get a boy top of him. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm 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 not playing that game. <laughs> no, I don't know. Ollie said he's only playing like one event this year, so I think he's concentrating on running events and uh, you know getting the activity center sorted out. Nice, nice. We'll um, obviously we'll we'll cover the rest of the results in the news. Hopefully, as long as Bones wrote them down. Um, Who knows? And uh, no, but uh, congratulations once again, Josh. And it was. Uh, Cheers, dude. It's always nice to win your first tournament of the year. Anyway, yeah. did you pay for? Did it pay uh, for your day? The winnings. It did. Perfect. Excellent. That's all you can. That's answer. what we want. Here's an interesting. That's here's a question before we go. Would you rather, let's say, top seven, top eight get paid an amount, or top two or top three get paid more? I well, it depends on the size of the field, right? I guess you'd have to say like percentage wise. Um, basically, I think almost, I think it was 40% of the field got paid. Um, but because there was so little going into the prize pot for MPO, because you had to pay the green fees, I would have liked to have just top three get paid to make it a little more worth it. But, you know, I mean, he's kind of, obviously it sounds like, well, that's easy to say being as though you won, but I think that would still be the case, even if, you didn't finish in the top three, wouldn't it? I think so, yeah, because, yeah. you know, given a field of 10, you know, I don't expect anything if I'm not p- podium out of that. You know, yeah, if yeah, it's yeah. 100 people, then sure, like, let's get the top quarter of the field paid. Um, but he's, he's you know, he's a bit handcuffed by the, the green fees yeah. that the ho- Horsenden's making him pay, so hopefully he can work out a better deal Maybe we, Maybe we should go and protest for him. <laughs> Yeah, find out who I mean, owns it and start setting fire to things. I mean, Ollie's Ollie's a disc golfer, right? So you know, hopefully he's looking out for us. Yeah, cool, excellent. So uh, before we go over to the news section, we will um, just have a quick word from our sponsor. Since 2011, Upper Park Disc Golf has focused on disc golf bags and accessories with unique styles, innovative designs, and unmatched comfort. They use cutting-edge design techniques and durable outdoor materials with a lifetime guarantee, so you can focus on what really matters, keeping it in the chains. Whether you're a Bowen or a seasoned pro, Upper Park has the bag to fit your needs. 
Go to upperparkdiscgolf.com today and save 10% with our code in the chains 10. Now back to the show. Excellent. Now, over to everybody's favorite section. Right, would you like to start with home news or away news first? We'll go home. Right, so, there was a tiny little tournament on at the weekend that a rather obnoxious American won. Who would that be? Well, I'm talking about the Wembley Open. It wasn't a small tournament. Now, there was a massive 89 people playing, which I think is an amazing start to the... it's the first proper tournament, really, isn't it? What you'd say, big tournament, and that was yeah. that was a big, and that was like eighty nine. So, uh, in MPO, it was won by none other than Josh Birmingham. Pew pew pew. Uh, Pepe Espinosa, is that right? Came yep. in second. So they were both tied at twenty four under after two rounds of eighteen. And as we've heard, Josh won the playoff, so congratulations. Uh, Connor Mahale came third. <laughs> uh, he, lis- he listens to the show now, so it's, uh, we should keep that up. 23 under. <laughs> so he, he, he likes it being pronounced wrong. Yeah, yes. Who doesn't? Who doesn't like the name being pronounced wrong? That just, that just means you're famous. Exactly. So congr- congratulations to you, Connor Mahale, uh, for coming third. Uh, yeah, so, and then Open Women was won by Catherine Lee Williams, so well done. MA2, MA1, sorry, MA1, MA2, Advanced, mm-hmm. uh, was won by George Clark with 16 under, with some good scores through, as we spoke about, like some real good scores here. Uh, with Dan Shelton in second at 15 under and Shane Cooper at 11 under. Then in Am Am Forty, probably one of my favourite players, won, and that's Adam Keane with seventeen under. He absolutely smashed it from the looks of it. What what makes him your favourite player? To know he's just a happy chappy, isn't he? He's just friendly and nice yeah. bloke. Yeah, he is. Like he's just yeah. I like I like yeah. Adam as well. We, I just, I was just wondering. I didn't know if it was a joke or not. No, no, genuine. no, no, no. He's <laughs> just, he's no. just, he's just the same guy. Isn't yeah, it? we had. Yeah, no, we had a lot of Croydon players win. By the way, just spoiler. Well, funny. Well, no shit, Sherlock. You're in fucking London. <laughs> uh, we had international man of mystery James Bond in second place. Did he turn? Yeah. <laughs> did he turn up in a? In an evening, what's it called? An evening suit. What's it called? Where you got a birthday suit? Know. No, not a birthday suit. An eat a dinner <laughs> dinner jacket. <laughs> dinner jacket. That's the one. And a dicky bow with, with a bow tie and everything. Yeah. What's the, you don't call it dicky bow? No, we call them bow ties, mate. Oh, I thought it was a British thing. No, no, dicky bow's similar, but it's more the like slang term. We call them bow ties. So fair enough. What's what's the what's the real posh one? Cravat. cravat, but James Bond <laughs> never wore a cravat. Was he drinking? No. What was he drinking on the way round, Josh? Dirty martinis. That's wrong because it, it it was shaken. It was vodka martinis. But does James Bond like? Have, do you know James Bond? Do you, Josh? 
I uh, actually met him for the first time uh, at the at the event. He was a really nice guy, and that was, I think, his first rated he event. He hasn't had a rated event, and he came second in the Am Masters. Yeah. at ten. Yeah, he it. at ten under. Yeah, it's good. So he did pretty well. The, yeah. See, the 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 problem is, I was I've I've spoken to him actually, and um, he was saying that he struggles to sort of commit to the two day events. Because of work, basically, he could get like <laughs> halfway through the first, after the first day, he can get called away. <laughs> uh, I, did not, I did not pick up on that right away, but <laughs> fucking that was good. Right <laughs> he's a uh, he's a uh, under. He could, yeah, he, he t- like he might be playing. He might be playing the Wembley Open on the Saturday. I don't know Israel on the. Sunday. <laughs> is it normally somewhere like yeah. Macau or somewhere like that? Macau, that Macau, like a casino in Macau. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. He had a sweet Aston Martin though. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> We're not that stupid. You, you would feel obliged to have one, yeah. If you... <laughs> yeah, uh, Zoe Winfield won uh, Amateur Masters Women Forty Plus. Congratulations. Uh, nice. And Masters 50 plus, we had, I'm very sorry, Urko Usho, Uto, he runs the uh, Denton Club, the Berkshire oh, okay. Club. Okay. Super nice guy, yeah. He, ca- he uh, won with a great score of six under. With Kevin Allen Walker in uh, second with two. And Stephen, why are they doing it to me with the names? (laughs) Gig, gig, giggle. Sort out me out. (laughs) I have to look it up. I'll stall you for a second, though. Kevin Walker is PDGA number 1133, I believe. There's an interesting story to this. Apparently, the number thousands were allocated to the UK players. No, you're wrong. It's eight, the eight thousands, wasn't it? it uh, Stoddy was telling us, wasn't he? I thought it and was I, a it, probably, it, might, it might be right with the thousands as well, but with the eight thousands, the Europeans were issued a block of numbers, uh, and it was in the, it was the eight thousands. So even though people joining up from the US were going into like I don't know fifteen thousand, twenty thousand, we were still using the eight thousands for a lot longer. Yeah, so So you could you could have joined up say like I don't know two years later than somebody in America and got a lot lower number because those that block of numbers were given to the either UK or Europe. I think it was Europe. Well in thirty years time everyone will be taking a piss out of our numbers because mine's like hundred and sixty eight thousand. So yeah. they'll, they'll be they'll be they'll be saying bloody Ali must be good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm gonna give it a go. I think it's Stephen Gier. Gier. G- no, I think Gier as well. It's double G, so it's a gig. Yeah, gig. You don't say gig. Gier. The second one. Sorry, Stephen. Stephen Gier. Stephen Gier. Sorry, Stephen. I'll uh, I'll let them call it. So Stephen G. And then and then we had another celebrity who came in fifth. Martin Lewis, like. Normally helps with the uh, money saving. The money saving expert. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Uh, in intermediate, so MA uh, two, we had uh, 
Robert Hurd was the winner. Ashley Lung came second. And Gareth Vickers came third. So, congratulations. Uh, Gareth is cool. In Intermediate Women, we had Terry Pospisilova. Is that correct? Josh is Latin. I don't, I don't, I don't know, but I wouldn't have thought she, so. She's a Croydon she's, girl. She's, she's a Croydon she's girl. She's a really good, really good friend of mine. And every time I say it, she never really says if I'm right or wrong. But <laughs> my take on it is Terry Pospisilva. Pospisilva. I just, try to, I just try to say it as fast as possible so she doesn't know. And Kelly Sharp, so uh, Terry came first, and Kelly Sharples came second. In MA three, we had Cameron Woodhouse, Croydon, Croydon lad, James Hanley, and Jack Smith. So well done, Cameron, for coming in first. Uh, you. I was probably. Uh, what were you going to say? Sorry, Josh. I just said you. Oh yeah. So that was uh, that. Was, <laughs> I don't know. I'm losing the plot here, and then we get we get there. Then we had uh, we had recreational women, which was won by Rianne Stevens. So well done. And then in MA three, we had Christian Joseph taking the win, Toby Knight second, and that Tom. that was a four hole playoff for that win because they Ooh, went four hole. They went like the distance. <clears throat> yeah, and um, so those two guys paired up with me and Pepe during the playoffs. So we had the four of us doing it. And so we went three holes, they went four. And Christian is Terry's partner and also a Croydon player, good buddy of mine. So it was a really fun day. But yeah, really keep out. It. Croydon literally did win every... That's what I'm saying. They had a good, had well, a good outing. No wonder you won the highest of Cup last year. As I said... It- it's it's the only other course in London you'd hope that they'd have a good showing because us boys from up here couldn't be asked to travel down. Well, Croydon Croydon's a hard course and it creates champions. Yeah, Croydon's, so. Croydon's yeah. not hard. I don't know what you're talking but about. One one thing that <laughs> I've just I've just thought of is I didn't realise Ollie was uh, videoing the the sort of the last round that you played in. That not only is it the first time first tournament of the year and the first win of the year but it's probably is that the first time you've won on camera because I mean we've done numerous rounds haven't we but we've, we've always beaten you me and Dennis oh, oh, um, so it probably is the first when, time you've actually won on camera and when you were on camera in America you fell apart well the thing is yeah. see when you're when you're playing PDGA rules you can't cheat so but yeah like throwing illegal discs and we agreed that we were going to uh, write oh. that off did you did you did you hear, did you hear my comment? Did you, Josh? No. What did you say? I said the last time you were on camera in America, you completely fell apart, didn't you? <laughs> oh, banter! Oh, Top sad, banter. Sad but true. Sad but <laughs> no, true. Excellent. Well done, Bowen. I, whenever you read the names, though, and you got, always you, stop. You, I've you, still he's got. Said, he's said done. Oh, sorry, no, sorry, 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 sorry. So we had uh, we had Tom Carter coming third. In uh, FA4, well done to Amy Gardner. She's a uh, Redditch girl, so Ara Valley. Excellent. Junior 15, junior 15 and under, we had Basil... Why are they doing this? Sieglinger. Sieglinger. That's yep. And Bradley Bourne. Then we yep. had uh, in junior, under 12. Rurida, I would say. 
Rarida Patterson. I'm very sorry if I've got your name wrong. And then uh, in the under 10s, well done to Maximilian Trachant. Trachant. Why can't can someone else do the news? <laughs> what I was going to say when I was interrupted a minute ago is, like, whenever we, you, Bowen's reading the news, there used to be a lad at my school who was one of my best mates in high school. Um, called uh, he was he was from Polish descent and his name was Yarek Zaba, uh, and it, his name was actually Yaroslaw, uh, but spelt with a J. And the teacher would go, uh, Richard Smith, Emily Thompson, and then they'd get to Yarek's name and be like. Yeah. And you could see him like panicking, like I can't read this, and that he just go, Yarrick's fine. <laughs> so it's like, I've had it all my life. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's like that with Bowen. It's like you can just see the panic on his face, and oh, I don't but, but know like, what that is. But the like, <laughs> thing is, they're not here to like alleviate that it's, pressure. Exactly, from them, you know? exactly. And we're not prepared to jump in most of the time either to alleviate because we quite. We it's like Sheldon Freud. Like we we get joy out of seeing his discomfort. <laughs> anyway, yeah. let's move on. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so sorry, I was just having a meltdown then, and you two just shut up and did say. Can we tell? I mean, it's could, a, could you it's tell a lot of people? Could you tell Josh about what I did at uh, Quarry Park on Saturday? You know exactly what, what I did. Zebra. Oh, Josh. I, I still don't actually know what you were getting at. Because it was bizarre. There was, there was a bloke. There was a bloke playing like behind us. On like we were like coming up seventeen, and he was coming. He was playing up to the nipple hole, which is like sixteen. Sixteen. Uh, but he was playing by himself, and we said hello to him as he passed us. Okay, so we he had caught us up, and he was finishing on seventeen as we just teed off eighteen. Okay, so we're walking down. And Bowen walks over and shouts through the trees, are either of you two called Zebra? <laughs> and the bloke just goes, like, that's a weird question anyway. But the bloke just goes, there's only one of me. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm by myself. <laughs> and the bloke, the bloke was like, the fucking hell's the other <laughs> what, you, what were you actually on about with Zebra? I found a disc with the name Zebra underneath. <laughs> right, well that makes more sense, because I haven't got a clue what you were talking about. You got to stop, you got to stop, you got into some of uh, Duffy's mushrooms, didn't you? A reader of you, two Zebra, and there's, only, there's one bloke stood there. <laughs> anyway, myself and I. Because this is running on. Let's move on to uh, the away news. Uh, so we've got Belton results. So uh, Chris Dickerson won, which wasn't a surprise because it was a uh, it was a harder course than what being wide open. He won with. Can that. I just clear? Can I just clear something up? Yeah. A couple episodes ago, I apologized for asking Chris a question, and turns out I had identified the situation 100% correct and he denied it on the show only to go and post two weeks later how much better he has it with this crap you don't have to worry about paying his bills and all this stuff and he's made the big leagues now so you know what Chris you maybe look dumb but I'm on to you <laughs> you've took that anyway. to heart you've really good, took that to heart good, good win asshole I've had I've had like two AM phone calls off Josh crying, like 
I've really like well, really look, upset me. He made me feel yeah. like shit in the moment no, for no that, reason at all. I think that's on you okay. because the only way I read it was him trying to not upset anyone. And you took well, that he as a did, personal he did it, slight. He he did it anyway on his own page. He said, <laughs> I don't have to worry about paying my bills anymore. There's no pressure. I can play to my full potential. And I got this new RV and Prodigy's stupid. Maybe you, That's what he said. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you put the thought in his head. Maybe you maybe planted I did. the seed. Oh, well, either way, he owes me an apology. And I'm Chris, I'm here. I will accept your apology whenever you're ready. I don't think he's paying attention, so I won't worry. But he Hope not. he won Belton uh, with Paul Macbeth uh, coming in a close second at 23 under. He said he had food poisoning the last round. Oh, I'm sick of his whinge. He can just fuck off and retire. He also said, he said, I had you, uh, Chris Dickerson, I had you picked to win Vegas, but I guess Belton is a good win. Ooh. I'm like, I'm kind of reading into that a little bit, like. You know, He's, it's a Silver Series event. Good for you, buddy. So, who who is that, Paul? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, f- I mean, I think I said this a few shows ago, that I feel like Paul didn't have anybody sort of challenging to win stuff, really, in the MPO field. Not really. Uh, sort of last year. Uh, and I feel that... Last year? He hardly won anything last year. N- no, but that is... He he was still the top dog. No, he well, wasn't. I feel like no, with Chris no, 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 he wasn't. So who was the top dog from Discraft in the MPO? Oh, Discraft. Oh, sorry. I thought you didn't say Discraft. Sorry, I apologise. Um. So, but I think with with sort of Chris Dickerson coming along and potentially winning just as many tournaments as him, or being capable of winning just as many tournaments as him, I feel like there's there's going to be some sort of envy. There. And he oh, was, uh, and he sort was, of animosity. He was, whether you like it or not, he was given. I'm on, the, Paul's, I'm on Paul's side. He was given the buzz straight away. Chris Dickerson was, and you know how iconic and how many people throw the buzz. So it well, obviously it's not, shows it's, how high they rate him. Yeah. So well, Paul got his own line of discs made. So yeah, that's better. I suppose that is true. It'll just be interesting to see what happens if. Chris does continue to win more and more events. On another note, did you notice, or have you noticed in the last couple of tournaments that Ricky Wasaki's putting isn't where it was last year? And I think he's Absolutely struggling not. Yeah. not having the AVR. And it's kind yeah. of sad. That's because really like he's him, using a fucking dagger, which is shit. Nobody uses daggers. It seems like it's too understable, maybe. Actually, I don't know. I don't know. The AVR isn't that stable. But he still came third. He did. He did. And he missed... Like all, like a lot of putts, you'd think he would. I don't know. I know it was windy, but it's like the past couple of events, I've just noticed he's just a little bit off. And like, <laughs> yeah, I've I've noticed it. And like, there's, I mean, not necessarily shot uh, puts that you think, oh, he should be making. They're puts he was that making. you feel that Ricky was yeah, yeah. making, uh, and he's not yeah. now. Um, but. I mean, I you imagine that's that's going to sort of come back, isn't it? I would have thought. I just wonder if he's going to um, stick with the dagger. Probably too soon to be talking like that, honestly. Did he choose the pure? See, see I, I felt the same sort of thing with Macbeth last year. I felt like his putting was off through quite a lot of last year and he was missing putts that I wouldn't be making. But like putts that you see him making fairly frequently when he's yeah. playing well. He was missing, and I felt like 
maybe he's sort of fallen out of love with the Luna, but he was in a different position because obviously the Luna's part of the Paul McBeth line. So if he was to then move away from that, he's almost bound to it because he's saying the disc that I help manufacture and is part of my line, you're not going yeah. with. What's that all about? Yeah. You see what I mean? So he was sort of bound to that yeah. putter. Um, and he is putting, I don't know, I don't imagine there's much difference other than the plastic, but he's putting this year with the Luna Crazy Tough, uh, which um, I don't know whether that's because of that reason, whether there's a slight difference in it that he finds more comfortable or whether it's to sell this, I don't know, but I just feel like that's so an interesting sort of observation. Are you saying that he'll never be able to move away from the Luna now? Well, not well as a discraft unless they develop another putter. I can't. How can you? Because he's he's developed that to be hit the best putter that he like, and that's what sells the Luna. Is the fact that it's a putter that Macbeth puts with, and it's the one that he's helped design. So how can he then go and design something else and say, oh, actually, I don't that think one it's wasn't a, the best. Because you basically might as well start making think, the Luna. I don't think it's an case. issue with that. I think it's if he chose a stock disc to start putting with. Yeah. Things are allowed to evolve, yeah. but if he suddenly said, "Oh, I'm going to throw the Challenger instead or something," that's when it would look stupid. Yeah. Unless they called it like the Luna 2.0 or something like that, and said like it was like an upgrade. Yeah, I'm just wondering, like, they've tweaked it. If, if Ricky will go like to like the Warden or the Judge or like, yeah, a more po- oh, just a more pure, popular putter, the Pure, not the fucking Dagger or the Keystone. There's a Keystone, but. I don't know. Maybe he'll develop. Maybe they'll let him develop his own. Well, that was the rumor while he left in other, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I don't know actually. He, but he wants his own line of discs. I mean, so. there's a chance that he gets out of Texas, the wind stops howling every freaking tournament, and then he's fine. And he te- gets... But you, you. But the thing is, though, you look last year, and Texas was like his stomping ground. Like this time last season, he was literally that winning. That is true. It was like about. There was about four or five tournaments yeah. in Texas, and he won't bring all of them. But he's changed manufacturers. You were saying this about Paul McBeth, like he was dead already. <laughs> Ricky will be back. Do not worry. All right. He came third. I hope he so. He came third. So. Was three shots behind the win, and you're panicking. I just yeah. I I I feel, I feel like it's just a matter of time before he gets back, and that's it. You don't see anything but Ricky being one yeah. or two. Exactly. That's well, fair. He, was, he was three. Like, it's not really. I thought it was. I thought it was worth saying now. Okay. No, it's just it's another Chris Dickerson moment, Josh. <laughs> yeah. You just keep your thoughts to yourself. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna quit the show. I'm done. <laughs> Please do go. <laughs> uh, right, Catalan won FPO, so she's absolutely smashing it at the moment, isn't she? Yep. So, and everyone was like. Why on earth would you go to DGA? Well, I think it's proven that it was a brainwave. Well, she's good anyway, isn't she? Yeah. But Picking up where she left off last year. Exactly. It just proves that like the top players can play with any old discs, can't they? Yeah. I'm not going to say it. It's too cliche. What's that? What was that? <laughs> it's the archer, not the arrows. You made me say what? it. Oh, I got you. I thought you were going to say it's like shooting fish in a barrel or something. 
The thing, the thing is, though, Josh, me, uh, sort of minds don't necessarily come across that well on an audio or podcast. I was podcast. letting you guys know because I didn't want to say it because so many people say it. Okay. Uh, it was just for you. That was a private, Val- private meme, mime, mime. Val- Valerie Manjuano came uh, God, second. Bless. Yeah, good, good, good. I think he's. I think. He's trolling us at, at this point, Josh. So don't worry about it. Josh was about to say something. <laughs> really. So that's why I did it. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him. I still don't know how to say it properly, but I know it's not that. Man, man, yeah, go on. Man, man, yeah, man, Don't worry about it. Man, We get the put close. Mandahano. That's it. Just, just carry on. <laughs> and <for> Christ's sake. <laughs> This is getting into a bit of a cliche. Our favourite disc golfer came in third at 14 under. So that was a real tight uh, competition, wasn't it? And that our favourite yeah. favorite disc golf was Kristen Tatar. So good results in the FPO. Uh, and then my final bit of news. We've got, I'd hate to give uh, these tournaments like airtime because... They're a crock of shit with a crock of sh- with crock of shit team members, but the Croydon Mistrals, the second and third of April, and the cyc- the cyclone is May the seventh and eighth. Now the Mistrals, the Am event, and the Cyclones, the uh, Pro event, and they're not a- no the other way around. Is it? No, that was that was right. No. <laughs> I know. <yeah. laughs> They're not a crock of shit. I just wanted to see how confident he was, Josh. I was, fa- I was fairly confident at them. <laughs> because no one knows what the fuck a mistral is, so it's obvious that it's shit. It's wind. And it's good. It means well, wind. Well, obviously it means wind, but what kind of wind? Yeah. Okay, all right, here we go. A strong, cold, northwesterly wind that blows through the Rhone Valley in s- southern France into the Mediterranean, mainly in winter. What's that got to do with some fucking Croydon? No idea. Sign up. It's going to be great. There we go. So, yeah, that's Bowen's news over. I, I want to know when Bowen's going to get on his soapbox about um, amateur tournaments having worse names than pro tournaments. <laughs> I feel like that's a hill you should be going on, Bowen. I already alluded to that, <laughs> I said. Well, last year, the Mistral wasn't a pro or am then. It was just... Another no, event. it wasn't. Who, who, yeah, but who, who named it the Cyclone and the Mistral? Wait, what do you got against Croydon Club anyway? We're the best. <laughs> They're the enemy. They're the enemy. We're, oh, we're, you, we're Quarry Park. You're considered we die. Quarry Park. Okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, we, we hate you, Croydon Club. So, wait, but you guys, <laughs> that was me you guys didn't even make it on the team. I didn't want to be yeah, on I was the team. Asked. I didn't want to be on the team. I was asked. I had commitments. Bowen wasn't asked, obviously, for obvious reasons. I'm just but, I'm um, there when we're fighting. It's fighting. <laughs> fighting. All right, you come down to Croydon, you're going to get slashed. <laughs> no one's going <laughs> to slash me. <laughs> uh, anyway. Right. Excellent. So, hold on, Bowen. Um, okay. Uh, so, over to the uh, interview with... Simon, Silky Simon Luard, and Zaki, the main man of Milton Keynes. Right, welcome Simon and Zaki from the BDGA Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Committee. How are we doing? Yeah, we're doing really well, thank you. Doing good, thanks for having us. Excellent. 
Excellent. So I think the main, the main sort of reason we've uh, we've asked you to sort of come on is to talk a little bit about the disc golf development uh, days that we're the BDGA are trying to sort of build sort of um, momentum towards and getting new people involved in the sport. So I wonder, I don't know who wants to speak about it, but if one of you could just give a little brief sort of description on what what's what's going on and what it's all about. Uh, yeah, I'll ju- I'll jump in. It's um so it's a a program called uh, Discover Disc Golf, um which has been set up by the the DIC, the Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Committee, um and it's um um it's really just to uh, to encourage new players along to the to the sport of disc golf and to um to get you know new players involved um and so we're you know we're looking for clubs and individuals and companies um around the uk to host events and um any kind of beginner event um and these are we talking tournaments or no we're talking kind of um open days we're talking open club rounds we're talking bring a basket to work days um uh community outreach uh and they can be um, as small or as, as big as, um, you know, p- people feel comfortable organizing. Um, and they'll be, they'll be supported by, uh, a number of different things that the, the Discover Disc Golf team has put together. Are you, so pro- we've, um, are you providing funding, Simon, are you? Cause I'm just trying um, to work out. You said <clears> it can be small. If I get my mate to come play disc golf, can I get 500 quid off you? <laughs> uh, uh, no, that's the answer. <laughs> um, we're, what, so we're, Simon, personally, <laughs> um, we're yeah, we're we're providing kind of a number of uh, ways of supporting it. So we've got um, uh, a, a purchasing offer set up with DG UK. Um, so Rich Hatton from DG UK and. and um, the BDGA and DGUK have um, subsidised a a disc purchasing offer, so you can get um, a Discover Disc Golf stamped beginner disc uh, for three pounds. Um, That's pretty good. Yeah, once we once you kind of let us know that you you have an event um, that's that's good to go, and um, and we got it up on the website, then you you know you can put in your order for for those discs. Um, Excellent. And we've got up, up on the website. We've got a, an ev- uh, an event pack and a press pack, um, which has just got a load of information that c- could you know inspire people and uh, information you might need in a press pack to help you promote your event. Um, and yeah, we're producing a load of leaflets to be handed out. Um, you know, to try and keep people interested uh, once they've tried the sport. And 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 you know, and we're. You know the the team are here to to help in in any other ways that we can. Excellent. Um. So it's it's. I mean, it's it's interesting. Like, what does the BDGA give sort of advice on how to? Uh, I don't know how to say it. Like, promote the events, or is it sort of giving sort of people free will to sort of do it however they sort of think it would work best, or? Um. Yeah, we've. Uh, I mean, we'll be kind of uh, um, advising people on how how best to promote it. Um, 
but we are, you know, we're, we're leaving it. It's, it's very much like a grassroots initiative. It's going to be um, down to the clubs and individuals how, as to how the how these um, events or sort of taster sessions or activities are, are run. Yeah, there's no like right or wrong way, right? It's like, like you said, you can take a basket to work, you can invite some people that have never played to the course and do some like fun games or something. It doesn't have to be like a competitive round of golf or, you know, anything specific, right? You just want to get a frisbee in someone's hands and like, hit some chains and just get, like, get them get, hooked. Get, yeah, just have that feeling, you know. Um, but yeah, spread the word, what's, basically, any, any way you can. What's the reason for this initiative at this current point? Why why we, why are we doing it? Why is it needed? Yeah. Yeah, so re- really good question. So, it, it, and, the, you know, it came about God, from... That's a, that, hang on, side, because that's the first time anybody's <laughs> ever said that to Bowen. I'm asking about <laughs> questions. I want to know the answers. Oh, is it? Is pa- it exactly? They call him. That was exactly what I was thinking about just uh, just before you <laughs> asked it. But it's um, uh, it, you know, the reason it's come about is um, um, f- from the the DEIC um, having a desire. You know, the, the the committee was set up a sort of a couple of years ago, and we we got a lot of boring stuff out of the way first, like kind of document reviews and stuff, and then there was a real feeling within the committee that we wanted to to do something, you know, that was going to have an impact. And um, so, you know, it was set up to try and increase the diversity um, in the, in disc golf in the UK. Um, So yeah, that's, that's kind of where it's come from. Excellent. So Zaki, because you've been pretty quiet. That's uh, not why, like him, um, is it? Bloody hell. No, it's not like him. <laughs> Anybody who knows Zaki knows that he's uh. like the sheer opposite and it must be killing him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it's your your first time on as well, so well, welcome. Um, so, what, why is it important to you, Zaki? Why why do you feel the need to, to join sort of a diversity committee and, and get involved in this sort of way? Yeah, I mean, for anybody who knows me in the Disc Golf UK scene, oh, well, they can obviously tell I'm a minority uh, just, you know, by the simple fact of my name alone or, you know, looking at me and they can tell, oh, he's, you know, he's British, he's Pakistani, he's he's Muslim. You don't see them out on the disc golf course. And again, not sh- shooting shade at anybody, but disc golf in the UK is predominantly middle-aged white men or, you know, people in their early 30s or late 20s, again, white male and you know chucking a couple of plastic discs around in a field and having a good time um and i came that's the same way i came across it with the milton kings uh my community in milton kings mk disc golf um same kind of vibe really good bunch of guys but again no diversity and so i'm putting myself into the front running to kind of start that so again moving our focus down back to uh, discover disc golf um myself i'm going to be hosting a um maybe over two weekends possibly but at the moment it's a single weekend at some point in may uh with my local mosque that i actually went to as a kid and studied at um done islamic studies and everything like that at that mosque um multiple nationalities multiple age groups there you know parents can get involved the kids can get involved and that's why i think disc golf I mean, if you look at the US scene right now, some of the best players are the younger players. We're looking at Gannon Burr, we're looking at Kyle Klein. Yeah. You translate it over here, we've got Noah Smithson, we've got Ben Holding. The youth is tomorrow's talent. 
right now we are here to enjoy ourselves and just witness it happen. Um, even though I'm I'm 24, I'm still fit, uh, 25. Sorry, I'm feel fairly young, but you know I can't compete with Noah or uh, Ben Holding. It's just they're young kids, man. They've got young ligaments. They can just chuck yeah. a disc, and the youth it makes are you sick, doesn't it? Actually, absolutely sick to the stomach. <laughs> absolutely vile. Um, I, I say stop, stop the youth playing for that reason. Put, 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 an, <laughs> put an age limit on it. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're 18, can't play, mate. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Yeah. No. No. Uh, no yeah. I, so yeah. basically, tomorrow's talent is the youth, and I want to start that within my own communities and just get the word of disc golf out there. Maybe those kids just get addicted to the sound of chains the same way I did. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. They they when they get that first S turn out of a disc. Maybe they just get addicted to that, and that's that's. I just wanna, I just wanna share that love and passion to, uh, to my community. You see, sort of like you play, like you say, uh, going into schools, doing different sort of training sessions, and teaching kids how to throw discs and getting them hooked that way. What from the sort of the BDGA's perspective? I think we've we've asked about it a couple of times now, but what what sort of the the plans to sort of elaborate on that in going into schools. I know there's a few sort of non-profit organisations throughout the UK that are planning on sort of going into schools and that sort of stuff. What what what's the BDGA doing from from that perspective? Um, we uh, the the short answer is um, not a huge amount, but it's, it's it's something that's in the pipeline, but not something that's being worked on specifically. Um, so there's a, f- a few people who have who have been um, looking into developing um, like a, a full blown training program, um, but um, yeah, it's it's not something that we're that we're actually looking to for, uh, in terms of like any of the BDJ to to for any of us to do that at this moment. But we you know we as soon as whenever you know as soon as someone is ready to kind of do that, we're we're there to support them. Okay. Like, there's the school, you've got the school right next to the Croydon course, the massive school. So, it just say, for instance, I wanted to do Discover Disc Golf with those guys. Like, I wanted to approach them. And you've got this all set up. You've got all the, you know, the, the pamphlets and, and leaflets and all the material there that someone, if they wanted to, could just walk in and try to get that going uh, with the resources they've set up so far. That's yeah. exactly what one one of our team members, Matt Lee. That's precisely what he's doing. He's he's going to a school. Uh, he lives up in Sheffield, and his his work actually allow him to do some sort of charity or community work. And want for the the as that aspect of the the job sort of thing of doing the community or charity work. He's he is actually going into a school, uh, taking in a few discs, um, and sort of letting kids have a have a throw about. And, but it's sort of it's the getting it onto the curriculum that is sort of right. the, the bit that I'm sort of yeah. as, asking about. Because well, I feel and, like you know, and I think well, it starts with the Discover Disc Off Day thing, where you introduce yeah, it and then it, make yeah. the kids kind of like you know request that they come back. You know, yeah, and so I think it starts with what you guys are doing uh, now. Mean, like you said, the grassroots—you got to start somewhere with it. Yeah, and, well, um, so I th- but, but Barney was—you um, know—when when I spoke to to Richwood from Croydon um, about the program, that was one of his initial thoughts. And I—I I don't know if it's going to happen this year, but if you know this um, Discover Disc Golf is something that we want to get—you know—get going this year and do as well as we can um, in 2022, and then 
you know, see how it all goes and learn learn from um, th- the first year and carry it on, you know, on a on a yearly basis. So, but if, I think so it's is, always, is this yeah. Is this something that you sort of, you're targeting the month of May? Because I have read about sort of looking at different events in May. Is it sort of something that you're saying like this is Disc Golf Awareness or Disc Golf Development Month? Or is it something that you want to continue throughout the rest of the year? It's, it's you know, elements of it can continue throughout the year. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll always be here to, to help anyone who wants to put on any kind of beginner event. But we, we wanted to to kind of focus on um a bit. it was initially going to be um one day but we decided to open it up to the whole of may to give a bit more flexibility um yeah but f- you know focusing on a, a month um especially at the start of the summer so people can try it out get hooked and they've got the whole the whole summer to enjoy it yeah um and in terms of kind of you know building a bit of awareness about the program and um helping to promote it and all that kind of stuff it, it makes more sense to have it in a shorter time frame rather than all, all year round i mean if from my perspective right now what we want to do is um as well i'm i'm the newest member of the DIC but a member nonetheless so what i will say is right now what we need to do is we need to just get it something in place we need to get it started and moving and then from there, just like anything else, you know, you learn from your mistakes and you and you try to correct yourself where you can and you try to improve where you can. And then I think year on year, as we put on these events and as we invite more people, you know, the thing, everything will get better. The timing will get better. The events will get better. The sponsorship level will get better. Everything will get better with time. And we've seen that in disc golf in general, right? I mean, I mean, who... Sorry, when you started playing, could you ever imagine in the US that somebody would be getting paid $10 million to play disc golf? No. <clears throat> exactly. And you started even, playing, what, about 30, th- like 30 years ago? <laughs> yeah. No, it was. Exactly, right? Sorry, you don't look a day over 30, man. Don't listen to him. <laughs> I don't, I, no, I don't mean it in a bad way, but what I'm saying is disc golf has progressed so much in the last 30 yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Bowen and Duffy, you guys, uh, as well as myself, I, th- I think we started playing in the last maybe four years, right? Yeah, two years. Definitely. Two, two years. years playing, so yeah. two years. So I've been playing three years. J- Birmingham's been playing eight years, I think. It's, it's twelve. Tell. No one knows yeah. how old 12, he is. Really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you. So yeah. So we we have a good spectrum in this one, you know, interview right now, of where we've seen disc golf go, and even in the last two years, we've seen disc golf blow up like in the best positive most amazing way we could imagine yeah has, just the growth has, of it has that bubble burst though because i don't know whether it was just a fad during covid because it was something you could still do it definitely now it I, definitely took off during covid but i think yeah there's consistently more and more people discovering it and i always see new people at the course and you know and yeah, it's sure it's, like it, this time comes, around it comes from people like us that love it and, you know, want other people to play it. So, you know. See, my, I mean, my, my two pennies worth on new new people or young people playing is it's, I, it's not necessarily 
the coolest of sports, is it? <laughs> like self admittedly, it's not it's not necessarily the coolest of sports, but equally, like when, whenever you mean from I've, that from an outside perspective, because yeah, I think it's yeah, from, from an out, from an outside <laughs> perspective. Same. If you've never played yeah, a sport, same. you look at somebody throwing a frisbee, you think well, it's not really the coolest of things. Until to you play try, as a kid. right? Yeah. Whereas all, all, you, all your mates, like Zachy said, all your mates are playing football. They're all playing cricket or rugby or whatever. One of the mainstream sports. And if you used to turn up to school and say, "Oh, I've been playing disc golf," it's not necessarily like the coolest. I think we can we can fa- fairly say that until um, until you un, un, until 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 you get yeah the, you get the chains. You've tossed it in yourself a couple of times. You're like, oh yeah. Because yeah. we I think and we I, all played like normal sports as well growing up. And I don't think I've ever liked anything more or been it ex- been more, what I'm trying to say, another sport that's more accessible that I can go practice on my own and get good at without yeah. spending a ton of money and like you just See, run I, with I mean, it. I, th- I think the key is to get groups of of friends involved yes. in it rather than just individuals. If you could get a group of, say, four or five friends to get interested in it, that will then keep ev- all of those four or five people involved in it. Whereas if you've got, if you get, say, there's a group of five friends and only one try, they, they all try it and only one really likes it, you're knackered then because he's got nobody to play with. He's just not going to play, is he? He's going to give up, yeah. And he's going to give up. Whereas, yeah. whereas if, if there's a group of mates that you can get them all sort of hooked and, and into it, you've got more chance then of everybody sort of continuing, getting better and improving and competing against their mates and that sort of stuff. And then eventually playing tournaments and so things. Basically, so basically it's a school thing is what you're saying. or um, Yeah, or, or like clubs and... Just, just group groups of mates, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know how you would achieve that. It's just that's just my sort of yeah. view on it. Go on, Zach. So, like, obviously, I agree with Josh actually, because when you think about disc golf, just like regular golf, right? It's definitely not like football, not like rugby, not like cricket. Because the main difference is those are team sports. So you ha- you you have not got a team. Your team is you myself and i like that is it just just me myself and i and that is it that is the only person you're competing with that is the only person you're trying to beat that is the only person you're trying to improve with that is it you're on your own on the course and that is the best thing about it It, it's not only just a sport it's not only just a way of improving but it, it is honestly such a good sport just to build your character now how many of you have hit the band like two three times in a row and absolutely raged but then when you thought, okay, I'll just aim a little bit lower, and then those next two, three putts start going in, that is you have built your character in those six holes that you have played. Do you, do yeah, you see what no, I'm saying? I, like, I, I, I agree 100%. I'm just, my, my, just my view is that if you have one person playing, like like I say, by themselves, uh, say four, and I, I'm talking from a personal perspective. If I was playing by myself at 14, I may well have really enjoyed playing the sport then, but if none of my mates did... I wouldn't. It wouldn't be something that I would have carried on playing. Like kids play other sports because their mates play it as well, and they want to be. I mean, you got to think everyone's. Yeah, you got to think everyone's a little bit different, though, because you look at someone like let's let's talk very recent. Everyone, I think everyone, majority of us watched the Las Vegas Challenge. Let's talk about Gannon Burr. He's 16 years old. He started playing, I think, when he was nine. Right. And yeah, he he has admitted a lot of my friends don't play this. They don't play disc golf. When I told them I play disc golf, they looked at me weird and, you know, they played their thing and he'd play his thing. So everyone's a little bit different. Like some kids just have that kind of maturity 
to just, you know, stick to what they yeah. know and stick to their guns. And then, yeah, again, there's some kids that just want to be part of the group, part with their peers. And I was one of them. I'd admit, I'd, you know, I'd, I was a sheep, definitely not a shepherd. So I definitely just follow the crowd 100% of the time when I was younger. Uh, now I'm older. Well, I, and I, well, I think the whole the whole point of it is just to say that, yes, we need to be approaching groups and schools and clubs just, you know, to make people comfortable and want to come out, right? And, exactly. And I, and I think that's a good place to start. The caveat I was going to add to the end of that is, you see now, though, with like the likes of Eagle, the likes of uh, Gannon, the likes of Kevin Jones coming in and they've got a bit of a personality, they've got a bit of something about them. It's not old guys playing like you see like you, if you ever go back and watch like 10 15 years ago on the pro tour it was old guys like and stuff like that exactly yeah <laughs> precisely i didn't want to say them those two but uh, <laughs> uh but you, you start to see young guys now with personalities and they've got their own brands they've got their own sort of uh they're wearing sunglasses they just make it look like cooler and i think like that is a good step not obviously i know the bdg hasn't got anything responsible for that but just in terms of getting young people playing i feel like making it cooler is 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 the way to go and i feel like the the younger players coming through now are definitely doing that on the pro tour so. they need to they need to come and see me and you <clears throat> well yeah that's based send them our way simon yeah you need exactly. to teach them how to throw a farmer right <laughs> send yeah. them our way. i think uh do, do you know what i reckon i reckon the, a sport that's you know if you've if you've got a sport that literally anyone can play uh just anyone whoever they are what no matter what what background or you know what what walk of life they're from that you know that's that's a cool sport it doesn't need to yeah, be I, like you know that 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 to me is that's that's pretty cool just yeah. sort of throw that in yeah there. yeah 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 i i i that's that's definitely one of the best aspects of disc golf isn't it you could literally buy one disc for i don't know six seven quid or something like yeah, that three and, three pounds right or now. three pounds yeah well said josh uh and and go out to your course and that that disc could just stay in your bag for the rest of your disc golf life really couldn't it and it's like you, you can easily just get around with that disc and and that that is the beauty of it how inexpensive it 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 can be so um but everybody knows once you start playing it quickly be the, the uh <laughs> the amount that you spend on this quickly uh starts to add up but uh no that's uh that's great um so the last thing to say is if people have listened to the show and feel like they want to do their bit they want to do they've got an idea they want to sort of bring in for uh, the Discord development. Discover what do disc they discover? <laughs> no. Discord um, if I hear that one more time. <laughs> Discord development. Uh, if they want to do something, what what's the best process to take? Who, who can they contact? What can they do? Yeah, the best best place to start is just to check out the website. It's um, www.discoverdiscgolfuk.com. The other ones weren't available, so yeah. Um, and 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 all the information's on there. Um, so yeah, discoverdiscgolfuk.com. Um, and yeah, we'd love to hear from from anyone. Okay, and is so presumably if if somebody does have a question or anything like that, is your your email and and yeah. and, and the like is is all on there? Is it? It is. Yeah, it's Perfect. it's all over there. So yeah, excellent. Well, thank you very much, guys. Um, it's uh, it's been a good chat. And uh, 
It's going to be a long show this week. <laughs> Just look at how long we uh, we've been running at. So um, no, we really appreciate you coming on. And uh, like, even though we we sort of ask questions and we sort of try and grill you and stuff like that, we we everybody within the community appreciates all the work that's being done. Um, I know I always say that, but it, it is genuinely meant. Oh, uh, thanks, so, man. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just a shame you fucked up the amateur division. So. <laughs> oh, don't <laughs> We're already running long. That's it. We're, we're yeah. finishing. Thanks, Sai. Thanks, Zaki. All right. Thanks Cheers, for having us. Cheers, Zaki. Thank you, guys. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Excellent. So I hope that's uh, given some people um, some ideas on what they can do to help out for the Discord Development Day. Or days uh, and how they can sort of get involved and help spread the word of disc golf and get more people playing the game that we love so that's great to have them on uh, so that's it for the sh- week we've run quite long uh, but we've had quite a lot to talk about so uh, as always remember to go and check out the shop we've always got good stuff coming in um, we haven't got any videos coming out but we've got obviously quite a decent back catalogue now so go and check some of those out they're pretty good fun and we will see you all next week. I haven't got anything else to say. Bowen, anything else to say? Can, no. Can you, Josh, you... anything else to say? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> What's he trying to mutter? What are, you, what are you saying? I'm trying to make us money here. Keep your eye out in the shop. We've got some new stuff dropping soon. I've said that already. Have you? Yes. You were asleep, Paul. I think I've got COVID or something. I feel fucking <laughs> Right. On that note, we'll see you all next week. And remember, keep it in the chains. Keep it in the chains. Keep it in the chains. Are you, are you talking like Bowen talks? It's Mrs. House. <laughs> he talks really quietly like this on all episodes. I think he's just died. Thanks for listening to In The Chains. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please leave us a review. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel to view our round videos and course fly-throughs. And hit subscribe there too. Until next time, keep it in the chains.